you're wondering what's going on, no, I'm not Pastor S. And uh, one of the reasons I'm here today, I think that, you know, that we're doing this is to make you realize how good you have it when Russ is up here. So when you're walking out today, you think, man, Russ is good, right? Uh, just kidding. We're up here today just to, uh, just as a way for the elders here at Sunrise to be able to share some of the things that we have as far as teaching goes and stuff like that. So we're going to be getting a lesson right here. I encourage you to get your, if you don't have a Bible with you, do we have them in the back? If you have the Bible on your phone, phone app, please pull that out. We're going to be going through a lot of scripture today. If you have a pen, piece of paper, or you want to make notes on your phone, put those scriptures down. They're important to be able to go back and reference and tie to each other later. To find the scriptures that in some parts of the Bible, Old Testament or New Testament, how they fit in with each other, even though they're in different books and in different spots. So this, mo uh, this morning... We're just after Thanksgiving. We celebrated Thanksgiving this past week. A wonderful time that last week we kind of focused on uh, things that, that the Lord has saved me from. And Thanksgiving week is always an important time that we come in and do that. You know, again, everybody knows the story started by, you know, the pilgrims a long time ago where they gave thanks for what God had provided them. Even though it was through these awful winters and shortages and death that was associated with it, they were able to sit down and give thanks for what they did have. Well, now this year, Thanksgiving in the past while has kind of changed a little bit, right? What is Thanksgiving almost known for now? Thanksgiving is like the kickoff to shopping, right? As people look at it, more than Thanksgiving, what do you hear coming right after, that? Right after Thanksgiving? Right after Black Friday, right? Black Friday is coming, woo, right? Now it's now... It's not, you know, when for you two, everybody had to get up early, you know, everybody had to get sort of 6 a.m., then it was 5 a.m., then it was 4 a.m., and then it was, you know, now you're going to night before. I saw an ad this year that Black Friday shop, start, shop was starting on Wednesday afternoon, right? I mean, we keep moving at that. Now, now, why is that? You know, what are some of the things that we decide we're going to go straight from the stuff in the fall, we're going to go straight from Halloween, we're going to go straight from those things that are celebrated in the United States, and we're going to skip over Thanksgiving. We're going to go straight to Christmas. Now, I don't, I don't know if we, if you are like me, I don't get the sense that it's, we're going to jump over it because we want to focus on Christ. We're jumping over it because we want to focus on shopping. We want to focus on these things that are, that are for ourselves. So we're going to talk a little bit about why Thanksgiving is important, or thanks and giving thanks Constantly is important for us as Christians. So I ask you to open up your Bibles. You're out. What do you got? We're going to start with 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. This is one that we're going to come back to. We're going to talk about always. We're going to talk about throughout this whole message today. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 reads, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now that, those are three verses in one short section right there. Now the reason they're split out into three verses is because there's, this is written as a command. And it's three separate commands in these short three verses. Okay, so your first command in this, in, these, in this short section here is rejoice. Second command is pray. And your third command that is given here is give thanks. Okay, so let's just quick look at rejoice. Rejoice, what are we rejoicing in? Well, it was said earlier we have said earlier in prayer that we had this morning, we said earlier up here during the Heidelberg Catechism or responsive reading, that our joy is based on the grounds of our salvation. 
It's based on grace that we have given from God. That's that joy worth coming. And also the joy of the hope that we have to come in front of us. So you have this joy as Christians. What we do, we have this joy. What's this joy? That we have the grace of God and that we're saved. Second is to pray. Okay? Now it's not just good enough to have this joy. You have this joy. You have this gift that's been given to you. This gift of grace. Well, what do we want to do? We need, as, as Christians, we want to express that gift. We want to talk about that gift. We want to give thanks to God for that gift. That's the, that's the second and third commandment. This is where prayer is in the, in the equation. Right? And in that prayer, it's, it's this overflowing thanks that we're giving coming through it. So we have rejoice, pray, and give thanks. And all those three come together into these short commands right here. We have, and, and tied with it, there's adjectives that tie, tie with it. So you, if we look at these, it says rejoice. How do we rejoice? Always. Okay, that's, a, that's an adjective to go along with rejoice. It's telling you, it's, it's telling you, you need to rejoice here continually, always. We have pray continually. And then we have being, giving thanks in all circumstances. Okay? Now, the, there's the last section here I want you to remember in this last section as we go through the next verse that we're going to come to. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now remember that. In Christ Jesus is where we're at there. Next verse. Turn to Colossians 2, 6 through 7. So in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, this is again another, it's another commandment coming to us about giving thanks. And about how and about why. I mean, you're going to see this theme is going to come over and over today. Right? That's what we're working on here. And these are, we have commandments, we have examples, we have examples of ungratitude that, are, that we're going to see here. And so if this is one of those things that we're going to, you know, I feel like as we read through scripture, God says, you know what? They don't get it. They don't get it the first time. They don't get it the tenth time. They don't get it a couple hundred times that I put it in here. So we're just going to keep going over it today. Okay? So Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. Strengthen the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Now remember, Colossians and uh, Thessalonians, these are both letters that are written to people at sea. So it's, it's, people written, it's uh, a letter written to the church of Thessalonica, and, and then it's to the Colossians, written to that church in that city. Okay? And so both of them are talking... Again, we have that last section here that says overflowing with thankfulness. Again, thankfulness and the adjective of overflowing that's going along, going along with it. Okay? But what I want you to focus on here is right there at the beginning in verse 6. So it says, so then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord. Remember that part in 1 Thessalonians? I'll, I'll read it for you if you don't have it. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now those are, I found out when we were reading this, those are interesting. He doesn't say, you know, everyone, just everyone be joyful. Everyone should be joyful. No. It's directly related to those who have received Christ Jesus. Where does that joy come from? That joy comes from the gift of that grace that we've received. So this, these directions here for us are specifically to us as Christians. Now what is that that talks, that what separates us from those who are not in Christ. So if we, if we struggle as a sinful creature, we're going to struggle with not being thankful. 
God gives us this command here. He's telling us over and over, be thankful, be thankful. Why be thankful? Because I have given you that gift of grace, that gift of eternal salvation. And now, so when you look at it as Christians, we have that reason for thankfulness. So the secular world does not. It's starting to come a little clearer to me why Black Friday is starting the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Okay, so let's look at some examples of, the, of gratitude in the Bible. Turn to Daniel 6, verse 10. Now, I told you, if you got your Bibles out, you're going to be, be burning through these pages, right? Or you're out, you're going to be going there, right? So these are going to be some of the examples of what's going here. Daniel 6, verse 10. This, again, we, a lot of us have heard the story of Daniel and the lion's den. A little precursor to that is the reason it happened is King, King Darius, uh, he was the king over that whole entire region. Daniel was pretty high up. He was listed as a governor. There were other governors of the regions. Then there was other politicians under them that all kind of oversaw everything. And King Darius noticed that Daniel was sharp, that he was a good leader, that everything under Daniel in his area, man, that was going very well, right? So what happens? I mean, uh, I think we have a little example of it. People start to get jealous of each other. And in politics, apparently there's no rules. Right? We all, we all kind of know that from today that's going on. There's no rules in politics. So what they did is all the governors and all the other leaders came, came to King Darius and they said, Hey, King Darius, you're such a great king that we think we should make a rule that nobody else can pray to any other gods or anything else besides just giving prayers and offerings up to you for the next 30 days. As a king, he thinks, well, that sounds great, right? That's a great idea. Yeah, just everybody, no other gods or nothing like that. The reason being is they knew that Daniel had strong faith and prayed to Daniel's God, which is our God, Jehovah, that we know. So what did they do? They created a law that said Daniel, by praying to his own God, is going to break this law. They caught him there. So what does Daniel do? Let's read it here. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, this is the law, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Okay, so now Dan, what Daniel knows, Daniel knows that a law has been created now that, that this is going to cause me to be thrown into a den of lions. And, uh, you know, there's all these things. Everybody's out to get me. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to my room with the windows wide open where we know people are watching me. And I'm going to give thanks. To my God. Remember, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Okay, so let's look. Luke 17, 17 through 19. This is the parable of the ten lepers. Jesus is walking into the city, and there's ten lepers that, that come yelling at him from far away. They stay far away, and, and they're yelling, and they're praying, and they're praying, saying, please have mercy on us. Right? And so Jesus says, you know, go to your priest, okay, that he may see you. And as they're walking to the priest, these ten lepers are healed as they're walking to the priest, okay? So those ten lepers all get healed. One out of the ten comes back, comes back to Jesus, okay? And he says, thank you. Thank you for what you did. One out of ten. Jesus asks, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? He was a Samaritan. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. 
Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. That faith in Christ Jesus, that faith that he was the provider, he was the giver of the gift. Go back to the person, to the giver of that gift to give thanks. He's the giver of our gift of grace. Go back to that one, that person, that giver to give thanks. Acts 16, verse 25. Paul and Silas are uh, locked in jail here. Uh, and this is, I mean, not that our jails are great. Our jails are, are not great things, but you can imagine a Roman prison uh, not quite having the same type of amenities that we have here. So they're locked in jail. And they're praying and singing hymns. Right? They're praying and singing hymns. And verse 25, very short verse, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, this is the worst, again, the worst place to be. They're in prison, locked up, and they're praying, singing hymns. Now, are they just praying and they're singing hymns about how awful it is to be there? No, the other prisoners were listening to them. The other prisoners were seeing this abnormal, like, joy, this abnormal praise that they're singing. And the, I can imagine these other guys at first sitting and what are they doing, right? You're sitting in that other prison, you can hear them singing, going, what are they doing? And as you sit there, can't do anything about it. They're in a separate cell from you. They're locked up, right? As you're sitting there, they're taking in that joy. They are the non-Christian around the Christians that are there taking in that joy that they have for them. Their overflowing joy, thankfulness, and ceaseless praying is being listened to. Just what God requires of us to always be joyful, always prayerful. Our last verse in this section is 1 Timothy 4, 4 through 5. And this is, this is one of those comforting verses, a little bit different than the examples that we've looked at before. Um, the verses before this, like in Bergen, when I reference that, I say in 1 Timothy 4, kind of 1 through 3, it's talking about false teachers and how they forbid certain foods. And this is talking about, not in, in that time, it's talking about false teachers as... Uh, we get closer to the second coming, and really he's saying after Jesus had returned in that time, there's going to be false teachers. There's false teachers today, and there's those who distort the word of, the word of God and what we have for us. So they're talking about uh, how to maybe forbid certain foods. And Paul says here that there's nothing to be rejected and received with thanksgiving. So it says in 1 Timothy 4, 4 through 5, everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Because it's consecrated by the word of God in prayer. A lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of studies, a lot of theologians really say this is the driver verse behind praying before your meal. Giving thanks for what God has provided. Nothing's to be rejected if it has been created by God. This really references back to the creation and the creation that God had in Genesis 1. And that he created everything. It's all for, for us to be stewards of and also for us to take care of and enjoy in him. So these, you have Daniel 6, you have Luke 17, Acts 16, 1 Timothy 4. These are all examples in the Bible about instances where people are giving thanks, no matter what the circumstances. I mean, you have crazy circumstances of getting thrown into the lion's den, of being in prison, of suffering from leprosy, and being healed. You have these amazing circumstances that people are giving thanks, and no matter what, following those, again, going back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, 
um, rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Okay, so now let's look at a different example in Romans 1, 21. This, this is an example that the, the subhead, the title of this chapter, if you look back a little bit, or this section, excuse me, is God's wrath on the unrighteous. Okay? So Romans 1, 21 talks about, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave him thanks. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So, so look at the beginning. Although they knew God. They, they knew God. They knew who he was. But they didn't glorify him. They didn't give thanks to him. And what happened because of that? Their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. God is the only one to give thanks to. He's the only one that we are going to be out there that is the giver of this gift of grace that we can give thanks to. And this is, this is the overriding umbrella that we have as Christians. That one single sin, the least sin, is cause for eternal damnation. But God gives us this grace. That we seek him, that that gift of grace is so joyful, so powerful when we take that gift of grace in that we have nothing else. We have such joy in us that we have nothing else that we can do but want to give thanks to God for that. In prayer, in everything. And that's what separates us. That's what makes us this light. We talk about being a light. That's what makes us this, these different people, how we can be examples. One of those main examples is that you are a joyful, praying person that people want to be around and they kind of go, I don't know why, I just, they're so joyful, they're so happy, and not in a delirious way, in a joy of confidence knowing that I have the greatest gift in this world that we can have, it's a gift of eternal salvation if I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But non-Christians have a different way. So, so we know that God has a perfect plan for us, and that everything that happens, now it's a struggle. Good and bad. His plan is perfect, and we don't always we don't understand that plan. Most of the time, we're we're, we're way too small minded to see it. God's God's plan is an ocean, and we're a pebble sitting in a huge cavern at the bottom of that ocean, somewhere out in the middle. And His plan is the ocean. So we're sitting here wondering, how do we not? How, man, I, I have no idea how this is working out. How is this good for anything? That's the, that's the image, that we're the pebbles in the bottom of the ocean. The ocean moves in its currents and has a reason for what it does. We don't know. We're just sitting at the bottom of it. But non-Christians have a different way to explain it. Some say luck, right? Oh, it's just lucky. Oh, man, it's because, man, I've been lucky lately. Oh, man, that's good, right? Can you think luck? There's nothing there. Who can think, right? It's empty, right? Some, some say destiny. You've heard of it. Destiny, oh, it's fate, right? That's your lot in life. There's nothing you can do about it. This is just what I've been given here. And, you know, do I sound a little joyful here? A little critical, right? Uh, it's, just, it's just what, what it is. If you subscribe to this thought, it's really all random, right? There's no, there's no semblance. There's no plan to it at all. If we subscribe to the thought of luck or, or destiny or fate. Both of these thoughts remove God, Christ, and Trinity from the perfect creator that they are because we say that there's no plan. 
So when we say luck, when we say destiny, when we say faith, we say no plan. And without God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, if we say no plan, that means that they didn't create it. So that means we've taken them out of the Bible. We say that we've taken them out of the perfect creator that they are. Okay? Some say they can will it to happen. The positive thinkers. We've all seen the books with the smiling guy on his face on the on the thing when you're walking through the bookstore or through Walmart or whatever, or the guy on TV saying, you know, with the two guns shooting at you, like, you can do it, right? He's the guy, the positive thinker. Say, you can, you know, if you think positive, if you have good thoughts and you just you see yourself being a you know, a successful business person or a champion at this or whatever it is, if you just think hard enough and will hard enough, you'll get it. You'll get it that got there. This removes God from the top. And it puts yourself at the top. That you can make this happen. That you're the driver behind it. One thing all of these people have in common, everybody has it falls into this category, is that they are a thankless people. They're not thanking anybody. Luck, faith, destiny, no one to thank. Positive thinkers, you're at the top. There's no, there's no God in this equation right here. But that's normal. Again, that's normal for a sinful man. We are all fallen sinful people. That's normal. That's a selfish attitude. We have so much but we continue to live in this wanting, selfful attitude, attitude critical of what we don't have. In those, in wherever we're at, there. we're critical of what is there, is other people have that we don't. We're critical that it didn't work out how our plan was. But as Christians, to be unthankful like the rest of the world, that would be abnormal for us as Christians. Is, is we follow the plan that God has for us. That's, that is abnormal as what he has for us. As Christians, he has for us to be thankful and joyful in this. So we know that God is the only one to give thanks to. Not just a general, hey, thanks, God, you know, that was great, but specifically for the items that you're thankful for in prayer to God. That's an indicator of a safe spirit. That's an indicator of where you are at spiritually. Do you feel that thankfulness and do you vocalize that thankfulness to God in prayer for what you've received? You'll be giving thanks when your heart is filled with the Holy Spirit. That's nowhere else to go. So let's look at like what, what hinders us, what keeps us from having from allowing that joy to come in, realizing that grace that we can come in to be able to, to be that thankful person. Okay? One of these things is doubt. Doubt about God's power. Doubt about his wisdom. Doubt about his grace. Is his grace really sufficient? Selfishness. Does God know what is best for me? How does God know what's best for me? I think I know what's best for me. Do you really know what's best for you? I mean, let's, let's think about some of our choices that we've all made in life. We know what's best for us. Let's look at Philippians 4, verse 6. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's a tough one. 
that um, that's a hindrance to that doubt and selfishness both work their way into. When you read that verse, it says, do not be anxious about anything. I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes live my life in that anxious spot. Either I'm anxious about what's coming, I'm anxious about what has happened, I'm anxious about, about is this going to work out? You know, oh, man, I'm going to make the right choice in that. You know, that's this, that's this thing. And what happens is it begins to consume, it consumes your thought. And it pulls you away from, again, that joy and that prayer, giving thanks to God that, God, you have a perfect plan for me. Let's look at um, 2 Timothy 3, verse 2. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, Unholy. Okay, now what he's talking about here is he's talking about those, again, looking into the, the unrighteous. And if we look before that, um, it's just what he's saying here is this is a direct represent, representation of inaccurate teaching. So so it's teaching that God is bringing before you that, that somebody is bringing before you that does not necessarily follow exactly theologically what God has for us, that grace is that gift, that your faith and grace is that gift that we have. And it's just part of the list. There's a lot more going on with this list if you continue to read later on. But this is this thing that surrounds us. It starts to surround us that the reason that we skip over Thanksgiving, we move directly into Christmas. We move directly into Black Friday and shopping. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, <coughs> boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient, ungrateful, unholy. This is what Pastor Russ talked about last week when he says we're that, that secular, that fish swimming in a secular world. You don't even know that you're wet. Do the fish know that they're wet? Swimming in it, they don't know. That's just what it is. That's what we have to guard against, is moving down that path that we don't even know what we're in. That we're swallowed up by all these adjectives from us in 2 Timothy 3, verse 2, and it's pulling away from that generally what we have as Christians to be joyful, prayerful, and thankful. Other hindrances are you may have a critical spirit, negative, resentful. You can almost tie that in if you look at second, you know, the next verse on there. You can almost replace some of those words in there with you're unforgiving, where some of the words you use is brutal. These are people who who don't um, they don't feel that joy. That joy doesn't come into them and have that that's a hindrance in their heart. But let's frame it a little differently. Framing it differently is understanding what we have for us as Christians and what we have for us as being faithful and how that continues to come into us. And, and that's why um, one of the important things that, that as leadership and as, as we've been talking about and that we're getting close to is finishing the two-year reading plan that we've been doing here at Sunrise. And I think this is important. Russ said this a couple weeks ago that some have made on the two-year reading plan. Others are on different reading plans. 
If you fell off the reading plan, have you read more than you did previously? If you haven't, that's an improvement. That is, that's you. We're on the path to being in the word more. Because the only way we can help change our heart and foster a thankful heart is by being in the word and understanding that. It just doesn't magically come upon you. It just doesn't fall there. The Holy Spirit works through conviction, working through you being in the word. So that is, as we go into the new year, Russ is going to be bringing out some different stuff. We're going to be looking at some, at some different things that, as a congregation, as, as members that we're going to be doing. And an important part of that is as much as we can be in the word on a daily basis. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, verses 15. So these are helping to change our heart. This is, this is, this is what fosters a thankful heart. So 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15 says, All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. There's one thing to be thankful for, and that's grace. And it's starting to put a, a, a different frame around it. When we start to, when we're in the word, we start to become that, become a fish that says, what am I in? What's around me? What's surrounding me right now? There's another verse that I'm going to jump to. It's not going to be on the screen here. So if you have your app or if you have your Bible, try and turn to it. It's Romans 8, 28. And um, this is, is, is a verse you, you probably know, you've heard before, but it ties very closely into, into, you know, where we're at today, being able to be thankful in different circumstances. And it says, and we know that in all things, God, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Remember back in, in 1 Thessalonians, where we have that, that part that says, for you, this God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2, 6, so then just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Again, now we're at 828, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love Him. This is speaking to us as Christians. This is what makes us different. This is what makes us as that other fish. Now, having that, we got to look at God's perfect plan. God's perfect plan is not always great. It's not only, I mean, it's, it's great for him, but you don't always feel it's great. There's a lot of bad things that come along in his plan that, that, that we feel. Why do we do this? How is this? How is this for the positive? What does it do? What are the changes that are here, right? And there's so many, there's so many of those painful situations in life that, again, remember, we're that pebble at that bottom of the ocean. We don't always understand. But we know that there's painful things that must happen for good to come out of it. Okay, we're thankful for surgery. It's painful. But with surgery comes healing. We're thankful for exercise. You're thankful for it. Not thankful for it when you're sweating on that machine and it's killing you and you're like, this is awful getting up and doing this. But we know that it leads to being healthy. That's why we do it. We're thankful for the pain, work, tough times, the, the things that seem to fail. All in preparation for spreading God's word. Because we know that it leads to change lives. So fostering this thankful heart is something that, that is important for us as Christians. And I'm going to go back to Colossians 2, 6 through 7. 
Again, it's that so just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Okay? This is that, that trust in Christ Jesus, that reading, that continuing, that's going to foster that thankful heart. Being in the word, daily reading, Bible studies, Wednesday nights that we have here. These are all different ways that we can be involved and continue to work on that heart that changes the frame of mind of how we look at all the activities, all the things that are going wrong in our lives, are going positive, how we look at the big events in the world that we say, God has a perfect plan. I don't need to be worried about that. I'm joyful that I have the grace of Jesus Christ. John 11, 41 through 42. This is the raising of Lazarus here. And this is, I think that this is one of my favorite verses I'm reading today because these are, these are red letters. These are the ones that Jesus said. So it says, so they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. Right? Now, I think this is funny. This next verse, he says, I know that you always hear me, but I had to say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus knows he hear, that God hears all those prayers. And he's thankful that God heard those prayers. Now, he knows that he did, but he had to say it for, he had to say it for me and you. Reading here later, you know, 2,000 years later, that, that no, that's, that's exactly what he does. He hears the prayers. And we're thankful for that. He was patient. He was patient as he continued that, that, you know, in God's time. And we must be patient. We may never know of why something's happening or what happened or why something you're asking for has never happened. We'll probably never know until we're with him in eternity. And then I don't even know if you'll care about it at that point. But we have to know that all the things God works for the point of those who love him. You know, sometimes in, in, uh, as leadership in church here, we got, get caught up in judging like how things are going by some, some symptoms, some, some top things. We can judge, you know, you judge by attendance. You judge by giving, right? That's what we do as leadership. Um, you, try to, you try to back away from that, but it's, it's, it's hard. It's our, it's our symptoms. It's my, it's my small mind that I can't see the big picture that I'll hold to those sort of things. You sometimes judge yourself by things that you're doing. Little things, symptoms. How good have you been through the week? Did I lie during the week? Did I cheat somebody during the week? You bring those things. Those are just, those are just symptoms on the top. That's not the true judge. That's not the true driver behind it. The root of it is, am I joyful? Am I filled with the grace of Jesus Christ that I can't help but be happy? The Bible says to be rooted in him, not to make sure you attend church weekly. But what happens is that when you're rooted in him, the attendance will come. You won't want to miss There's symptoms of having the Spirit in you. The joy of praying and thankfulness will well up in you when that Spirit is working in your heart. Am I praying constantly? And not praying just for Chef, praying that something works out, but praying to say how thankful I am for where I am. How thankful I am for what I have. How thankful I am that like, I have a gift of grace that God has given me. How thankful I am that we have a church family. That, how thankful that I am that I can walk in these doors every week and hear 
the word being taught truthfully. These are all things that when you start thinking through your day, through your week, I mean, we, can, we complain about going to work. One, we have a job. Two, you might have a vehicle to get there. Even if you don't have a vehicle. Three, you have something that's close enough for you to be able to get there. Maybe, maybe you are looking for work, and maybe God's preparing that job for you. And if you were to take, if there was something that came up in front of it, that would take away from what is out there. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be giving, you'll be giving that thanks. And we'll also realize how unworthy we are to receive this gift. We look at where we are, how many times we have failed through our lives, how unworthy we are with that. And the fact that somebody, that God chose you, gave you this gift, and is allowing you then to spread his word and to try and reach others that they may receive that gift. How thankful and honored we are for that. And the thankfulness only comes to one person, it only comes to God, because he's the giver. And that gift must be traced back to the giver of the greatest gift. Let's pray. Lord, right now, I just want to thank you for grace. I want to thank you for the forgiveness that you have for us. That, that, that when we sin, Lord, when we turn around and look back to you and, and ask for forgiveness, that it's there. That you don't hold that grudge. That you don't keep, you don't hold that as a carrot above us looking to, to drag us into doing something, know that you give us that grace freely. And we pray that with the receiving of that grace and receiving of that joy, Lord, that, that we take that in and we're just so happy with it, Lord, that, that we want to pray and be thankful. And then that, Lord, that, that joy that we have, that thankfulness that we have, that different that we have that being that fish in that ocean that is looking around saying we're all wet lord we pray that other people recognize that we pray that we are filled with that spirit lord that we can be we can be a light lord that we can be that different person we can be that abnormal person in the world that thankful person that person that realizes that in every circumstance, whatever's good, when, when things are going wrong and we're that person saying, hey, we're here. Let's be happy for what we got or we're so thankful in this or this is the greatest thing that people turn to us and look and say, what is wrong with him? Well, we just pray right now that as we come into this, uh, this season and as, as, as we look at something that is centered around you, Lord, in Christ, but there's so many other factors trying to pull us away from it, Lord, we just pray that that we continue to focus and be thankful for what we have. And we get that different mindset. We frame our hearts differently that, that no matter what we don't have or what somebody else has, Lord, that we are just so thankful because no matter the gifts that are given, Lord, we have the greatest gift of all, and that's the grace from Jesus Christ. In your name, amen.